Welcome back to the 4A Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. It has been three weeks since the World Series ended, and a lot has happened in baseball. We are here today to update you with what's been going on in the offseason and talk about everything else in between, our theories, our thoughts, and free agent signings and roster moves that have taken place. How are we doing today, boys? I'm a little anxious. Um, offseason is starting to heat up, and and the, the race for Judge, the race for a lot of players is happening right now. Aiden, how are you feeling? Doing good. It'll be interesting, you know, to see where those big name guys do go. Uh, uh, well, I'm hyped. Um, so a little thing that we've been doing on our TikTok is Stev Check. It's where I will upload a daily, uh, just kind of what's going on in the MLB world, anything, everything going on. I try and do it. I my goal is to do it every day. I was a little slow this past week with Thanksgiving and stuff like that, but. I'll do uh, I'll, I'm just going to kind of break down everything that's happened over the last 24 hours. Um, so first of all, let's start off with the big signing that just happened today. Jose Abreu and the Astros agreed to a three-year, a $58.5 million deal. Um, uh, on top of that, um, Luke Miley uh, signed with the Reds and Trevor Gott signed a minor league deal with the Mariners. Um, there's some interesting, like some interests that. The Dodgers, Cubs, Twins are all interested in Xander Bogarts. The Mariners are among the teams interested in Michael Conforto. Um, and then to wrap it up, kind of, uh, Shoya Otani uh, wins the Edgar Martinez Award. Uh, and Miguel Cabrera is set to retire after the 2023 season. So with that, if you guys want more like that, you get your daily dose of stabs on TikTok where he updates you every day. It's a perfect way to start your morning. Open up that TikTok feed, go to the 4A podcast, and you'll get a quick recap of what happened yesterday in baseball. So moving on to free agency. There hasn't been the blockbuster signings yet, but as Steves just said, today we had probably one of the biggest signings so far. And Jose Abreu, three years, 58.5 million. Perfect move for the Astros. Um, I think there's no no better option available at the moment for the Astros. There's Josh Bell, who I had going there. Obviously, that's not going to end up happening. Um, but I think the Jose Abreu move works perfectly. It's a big bat, and it's definitely going to be an upgrade from what Yuli Gurriel was in 2022. But what do you guys think about that? It's interesting. I think – I don't know if many people – I don't know if we had them going to the Astros. I think a lot of people were sold on Bell going to the Astros. Um, I don't think it throws a wrench in much – because they, they are very they're not similar players, but you're you're getting equal star power pretty much, if not probably better, in Bell and um Abreu. So I mean you're you're getting a you're you're filling in a spot that was already lacking in star power, and you've probably just created the best infield of all of baseball. I think that's without a doubt now. Um, Jeremy Pena, Alex Bregman, Jose Altuve, and now Jose Abreu. That's probably one of the strongest infields you can have in all of baseball. What do you guys think on that? Um, I definitely think offensively, I would agree with you on that. Um, we were talking about Josh Bell, and I think I was one of the people that that had Bell going to the Astros because he was he's a Houston guy, right? But I had so I originally had a Brayu going to the, um, to the Brewers. So maybe I think maybe that might be a flip flop. Maybe Bell will go to the Brewers. Yeah, no, I think this really just opens opens up the avenue now that I believe Rizzo resigned. Um, you have Abreu. Now it's really Josh Bell is the last star, like first baseman, you know, really there. Um, 
Giants possibility, the Guardians a possibility. Um, you know, maybe there's some other Dark Horse teams there, but it'll be, you know, this really just opens up. It's now on him, you know. Maybe his value might go up a tiny bit because teams are fighting for the last first baseman. Who knows? Yeah, and looking at our predictions that we put up on our free agent predictions episode, uh, Tom, you and I had Abreu going back to the White Sox. Aiden, you had the idea of him going to the Mets, which is, I think we debated a little bit at the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and Stevs, you had the Brewers. And looking at Josh Bell, who, as you pointed out, is probably the last you know, top tier first baseman available. I have him going to the guardians. Stevs and Tom, you had him going to Houston. I don't think that's going to happen. happen. And then Aiden, you have him going to San Francisco, which is definitely still a possibility there. Um, Looking at the free agent market for first baseman, it's really only like Yuli Gurriel and names of that lower tier still available. Um, Do you think that people will look to the trade market if they want their first baseman, or do you think they're going to try and play with what they have? I mean, Aiden, what do you got on that? Got no, that? I just I think I mean I, a lot of the teams also have like they just want to upgrade, but they have guys there that can play first base um, if they if they choose to. So I think I think half these teams will stay, um, but I mean there's also some trade in you know obviously with Bell, but if you don't get Bell, I think that you know they might. Yeah, I think the I think the Guardians and the Giants will probably be the the two biggest buyers for first baseman. You, there's a lot of players you can move to first base, and I wouldn't say first baseman is as in need in the league as as say like catcher. You know, you you have a lot of good first baseman in the league, and you have a lot of players you can move to first base. I don't necessarily know if it's like the number one priority team should have, um, but I do think that Josh Bell is a really good bat to have in a lineup especially when he's comfortable. I don't know if he was comfortable after the trade, but um, I think when he is comfortable, he's a really good hitter. Um, so I, I see a, I see a team signing him. And I, I think the reason that um, it was so shocking to to see Abreu go is I thought Abreu was one of the rare players nowadays that would stick to one team, one franchise, their whole career. I thought he was going to be a White Sox his whole career. I, I thought he'd retire and be a White Sox legend. I, it's a little bit surprising to me. What do you guys think about it? Is that surprising to you guys, or did you think that it was possible? I mean, I had him going to the Brewers. So I definitely thought it was <laughs> yeah, possible, yeah. right? Yeah, no, I, I don't even too. But so, like, it's it's hard to to really know what's going on in somebody's head um, at the end of the day. But what on top onto Brad's question, you said maybe what they'll look to the trade market. Who's would be available in that trade market, right? So I was looking kind of just like the 2024 free agents. If we're not just going like young prospects or like guys that have been in the league for a year or two. Um, I, the one name that really stands out to me is CJ Crone because no one's going to trade for Joey. Maybe someone will trade for Joey Vada if he comes back and has a big breakout, but that'd be more of a trade deadline acquisition. Uh, Max Muncy signed with the Dodgers through this year and he has a club option for next year. Reese Hoskins isn't going anywhere. And that kind of leaves CJ Crone. And we saw last year where he had a great season and the Rockies didn't trade him. So I don't know what they were going what was going through their head. But honestly, if they want to move him, now is the perfect time. You could probably get a pretty decent package for someone of CJ Crone's caliber, like teams, as we point out, the Guardians, the Giants, or anyone in that boat that needs a first baseman. They could be calling to Colorado and teams with pitching prospects, both of those. 
could send a couple that their way in exchange for CJ Crone. Uh, I think CJ Crone is like a Cinderella type of guy. I mean, second half of the season, like this dude, his slippers fell off or whatever, and it was over. I mean, you look at his splits. I just pulled him up in the five seconds you were talking here. The guy, he bats 302 at home and then 214 on the road. Doesn't have any pop on the road. He is literally Cinderella. He is only good inside of Coors Field. I don't think, I don't think that he's he's gonna be good anywhere else. And I don't know if teams are gonna yeah. gamble on that. Well, I also don't know if the Rockies are gonna trade him. Uh, like I, last year was the opportunity to trade him, you didn't. Uh, they're stuck inside. You know, just they like. Do we know what they're gonna do? Like, I don't think I mean, anyone knows what the Rockies yeah. are gonna do. <laughs> like. <laughs> I, you know, like we say that they should sell, but I mean, you have Chris Bryant, and with Bryant, nobody's gonna, nobody's gonna take him. So uh, you gotta, I don't know. They're just, I think if they were going to trade him, it would have been last year. Um, for for me, I definitely think you could trade him. Another guy I was looking at was Ryan Mountcastle. I don't know if he really fits the Orioles timeline as much, but I know he's, I don't know his contract situation at all, but I don't know if he's really fits the Orioles timeline at all. Cause they have guys like Gunner coming up and, and stuff like that, but it could be, you could probably get a, a couple pieces back, probably not anything super crazy, but yeah. And like looking at that first base market, like the big coveted name was obviously Anthony Rizzo, and he went. He was the first person to go. He went two years, forty million to the Yankees, with a team option for twenty twenty five. And like looking at that market, we think that the Yankees definitely need a couple more players. We went through the numbers earlier, and it was about one hundred seventy five million already in contracts, and it's another about fifty million estimated in arbitration. So the Yankees have to be looking probably Judge or Verlander, not both, because they have so many other holes that they have to address in that lineup. You have Donaldson, who maybe he'll bounce back, maybe he'll be adjusted to New York, but it really doesn't look like that. And you know, center field's a vacancy right now, considering Judge is gone. You have to figure out something to do up the middle. What do you guys think? I mean – Everything, everything in Major League Baseball halts until judges is signed to a team. Um, I think, I think teams like the Mets, I think both teams in New York and two West Coast teams and the Giants and the Dodgers will not make a single move until judges off the board. Because I, I think that judge is just going to be too expensive. I, I don't, I don't think they make a big move um until judge is gone. But I think they will make moves. Like you can't just sit there and just hope, you know, negotiate with judge. And then if you know these guys are coming off the board, and if you don't get judge, you're left with no, you know, like I'm not gonna say nobody, but you know, some of the top guys that you might want are gone. I, you, if you have the money, I say, you know, you nego- you know, you negotiate with the other guys, and then when judge signs, judge signs. I definitely think they're not going to stay stagnant. They've most of them have done this these this type of situation for years, right? Like not a me. I don't remember the last time it was a time it was a player of judges caliber that was just on the open market. But um, it's it's they will move the pieces because especially like the Dodgers, they need a shortstop, they need outfield, they need pitching. They're gonna be looking for other pieces that aren't just Judge. Yeah, and one of those big pieces that the Dodgers got rid of was Cody Bellinger. And when 
If you told us three years ago that Bellinger would be DFA'd in twenty after the twenty twenty two season, it, it would have been shocking. But he has been abysmal. It's specifically in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. You can point to that shoulder injury, which has just led to a bunch of other injuries, and. He's someone that's going to demand probably nine or ten million, maybe a little bit more this offseason. But he's someone that was such a high, you know, high ceiling that a team like the Yankees could go for him. A uh, name that's been rumored around him is the Blue Jays going to play center field. Uh, Ballander could really land anywhere because, like, another place that would be like completely off the radar, Colorado, go back there, maybe you know, hit a couple bombs and see if he gets trade value, de- a trade deadline value gets to go to a contender there. He could really land anywhere. Now, do you think a team that signs him, you know, my, my prediction would be, you know, the blue Jays. I think they would either get belly or Nimmo. Um, do you think he gets a one-year deal to maybe like a prove it deal? Or... Uh, Scott Boris said they're only going for one-year deals. Only, only one yeah. year. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I think Blue Jays would make a perfect fit. I mean, you all said right, what you know, the Rockies. But do you really think the Rockies are going to give him a one-year, one-year deal? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. That seems yeah, like something the Rockies would do. He's definitely going to go to a not contending type of team like the Cubs, the Rockies. The wait, wait, wait! <laughs> he just tried to stick in the Cubs. As a contending team? I said a no, non-contending not, not Oh, okay, thank God. Okay, I must have <laughs> yeah, no, like the uh, Cubs, yeah. the Nationals, and the Rockies, teams that yeah. aren't really going to be I contending, could... but they'll kind of just – it'll boost his value a little bit being on a team where he's the star, right? And then they'll trade it. They'll try and flip him at the deadline. Yeah. yeah. No, I was listening uh, to an Effectively yeah, Wild podcast, which is a Fangrass podcast, and literally – the whole preface of the episode was how to fix Ballinger's swing. And honestly, you have to look at the teams that are going to him. He may not take the highest value. He's going to be like, all right, this, this team is going to approach him. They're like, this is what we're going to do. These are your issues. This is how we're going to fix them. Come here and we will do this for you. I don't think a team like the Nationals is able to do that. Like as you oh. said to earlier, they, they're literally hiring for their first time analyst. So they're obviously not going to be able to make those evaluations this offseason, which is what Bellinger needs. I don't see a team like the Yankees picking him up either, though, no. because mm-hmm. they they have failed. They have fallen on their face so hard with Gallo. You know, this, these experimental players, I don't think they're ever going to want to go back to that, or at least for a little bit, they're a little scarred from it. I, I see a, I see a couple teams. I see a couple teams um, trying it. I, I think uh, maybe maybe the Padres just, you know, like taking on these projects. But um, Brad, what do you think? Um, I was actually the other guy you just mentioned, Joey Gallo. That's another guy that someone could take a floater on for a year or two. He's going to play like good. <laughs> no, but that's someone who's going to play good corner defense. He showed signs of life at the beginning of his Dodgers tenure, and then they kind of trailed off as the like as he went towards the end. But if you put him on a team like the Rays, as Tom pointed out in our free agent episode, that he could find his stroke as a platoon player and then give himself value and. Do you guys think that someone of Ballinger's caliber who's been dealing with it, with injuries over the past two seasons, fractured tibia, uh, the shoulder injury, everything else in between, do you think he goes to a team and works in as a platoon bat to let him be healthy and then as the season goes on, progresses into an everyday role where he just a- enters as the everyday center fielder? There's a, there's a lot of parallels between Gallo and, and Bellinger. I mean, in in the sense that they can play really good outfield and that they have a lot of power upside. Obviously, Bellinger hit a way higher ceiling 
on it. If anything, that should make him even more appealing to teams to gamble on him, you know? And I, I think that if you're going to gamble on one of the two, you obviously gamble on Bellinger. I, you have to hope that he stays healthy, but when you have peak Bellinger, which was reached in 2019, there's not, not many players that are better than that. And I, and that talent just doesn't disappear like that. It, it has to still be there with him. Yeah, no, I think, um, I think we mentioned this on, you know, on the faded episode, I just, Gallo, I feel like would just be somebody the Nats just go after. I just, I, I just have, you know, it's one of those like gut instincts. Um, but Belly, you know, I, I mean, Steph, you said it perfectly for him. The the Cubs are an interesting fit. I mean, they're interested in him. I did talk about that in one of the shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, then another team, you know, not looking to make it like. Like make a move, you know, uh, looking to make a move. Anything else on that, Steph? Uh, no. I mean, it's it's the 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 Nationals and the Cubs are definitely two of those teams that kind of have, in the mo- more recent years have kind of just signed a guy for one year, turned him around, flipped him, trying to flip him at the deadline. Um, I did with the you talked about you you kind of saw Gallo going to the Nats. I don't know what the Nats' direction is free agency wise. Yeah. Right, because they DFA'd uh, Fetty and and Luke Voigt, and then but then they signed Sean Doolittle to a minor league deal. Like I get it from the senses, Doolittle is just kind of like a good clubhouse presence, and he might he probably won't even make the major league roster. But I really don't know what the Nats' uh, like direction is at all. So I can't even I can't even add to that. And something to look at is like when talking about Bellinger and talking about Gallo is that the free agent market for outfielders isn't too strong at the moment. You had one really big signing, which is Jock Peterson accepting the qualifying offer. You have Brendan Nimmo, who's probably the guy who's going to demand the most money right behind Aaron Judge. And by right behind, I mean probably about $20 million less (laughs) per year. But You'd have to, if you're a team like the Blue Jays, you're a team, as I said, like the Marlins, I doubt he actually goes to them, but something of that nature. Do you just punt on Judge and go straight for Nimmo and try and get him? I feel like when you need an outfielder, I feel like when you need an outfielder, you have to go for the next best thing. Um, I mean, that's a huge drop off we're talking, but like in such a, in such a scarce class of, of outfielders, what you gotta get what you gotta get i mean if it's if it's especially if it's the only place you're lacking too i i I think it just depends on the situation and what team you are like it's just you also have to know what like if there's two teams obviously like fighting and like bid outbidding each other one by one then yeah maybe you know you go you get that next guy you just say hey let's not take him and Let's go to the next guy. But no, I think the Giants, the Yankees, um, are gonna be like the two teams like that are like fin you know, like finish in the bidding war. Um, personally I think it'll be one of those two teams. But, you know, we'll see. I mean, if you're one piece away, I think you yeah. you think that Nemo can do that for you and you don't necess not that you don't need judge, but like you can afford to not have judge, then I think you go after Nemo, yeah. Yeah, and quickly wrapping up the outfielder market, uh, we've had two big trades surrounding outfielders. You had the 2020 AL Rookie of the Year, Kyle Lewis. He hasn't really been on the field much since that 2020 season, although it was 60 games. 
And he got sent to Arizona for Cooper, Cooper Hamel, who's shown really big upside in the minor leagues. He's a catcher outfielder, could possibly back up a big dumper, Cal Rally, or spend some time in that outfield. And he's shown minor league prowess, but he hasn't really converted that to the major league level. And you have Kyle Lewis, who could really fit into that Arizona outfield. And if he comes back and is something of what he was in 2020, Arizona looks a lot better. Do you think with that trade, they enter play for a lower tier free agent, something like Mike Clevenger would have made sense to go there. I think, I think, yeah. I mean, I, I feel like, I feel like I even forget how, how Kyle Lewis started his career off. I feel like it's a win for both teams first off, but if they can reach the same Kyle Lewis that, that the Mariners had in 2020, they're looking at one of the better outfield in baseball. And they also have one of the, like, no one's going to expect the, the Diamondbacks being like a really good team next year. Um, but I feel like they could be like a sneaky good team that's that might be able to sneak in the playoffs. Yeah, no, I think if they if they hit the around the 80 win mark, honestly, you could see them next year being big spenders. Um, you know, just to like help because obviously they're a young team, but you know, just like fin- help finish off that team, maybe get some. I mean, you have Bumgarner, but maybe get some, you know, more veteran presence. Speaking of Bumgarner, do you see him maybe? Getting traded if no one's gonna take him. No. Yeah. I I was thinking if you like maybe packaged him with one of your like obviously not high end prospects, but one of your like low end prospects maybe ship him out. No It'd be smart. It'd be smart, but no one would take him. I mean, obviously renewing what you what renewing the older players, getting them out, yeah. and then getting the younger players for him is good. But I don't think anyone's gonna take him. No. Yeah, and a guy that I've been really high on that I want to go to the Dodgers, like Jamison Tyone, that might be a good fit for Arizona. Someone who's not going to cost too much, but he's going to provide good depth to that pitching rotation so he could stay on the field. Uh, especially with Brent Strom as their pitching coach, he could really you know, take full advantage of that curveball, maybe give him a fastball or two that pairs off of that a lot better, making him a great number two behind their ace of Zach Gallen. Um, moving off of that, though, we also had Teoscar Hernandez goes to Seattle for Eric Swanson and Adam Mako. Great move, both sides, in my opinion. A bit more controversy for some people. How are we feeling? Um, I don't know. I feel like Teoscar Hernandez, obviously an older player than, than the uh, core that the uh, Mariners have. So I, I feel like I feel like the Mariners are really going forward. I, I think you maybe have three or four more years of Teoscar Hernandez being a really good player. Um, I I think he's like 30. Is he 32? I, I don't know. He he's on the older side and I might be, I might be mixing him up with someone else. Um, but if he's not on the older side, I think this is a great trade. I think he's, he's, he's 30. 30. Okay. So he's probably got an, uh, at least six more years of, of good play um, as Teoscar Hernandez. And they both addressed the needs that they, they, that, that they needed on the off season. The um, sorry, the blue Jays got bullpen help and, the Mariners got more offense. So I, I think it's a win for both teams. I, I really can't point out any, any flaw there. Yeah. I mean, they got T- the, the Mariners, you know, you get Tiosca and you finish out that outfield. I mean, right now, what you're looking at Winker, um, Winker and left Julio and center and um, Tiosca and right. Right. To finish out of that outfield. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, outfield is complete. Um, and, uh, this team is just looking scary and scarier, especially um, after what they did this postseason. 
Yeah, I've, I've talked about that trade a little bit. And it's more, I felt it was more of like a salary dump on the Blue Jays side, trying to not have to pay Teoscar the money that he deserves. And they tried to get the best return that they could and address their needs in pitching. Um, I think it was definitely a good move on both sides. I just, I don't, I don't know. I think it might come back to bite him in the butt at the end of the day. Yeah, and I, I think I think when you take out Teoscar Hernandez from a lineup that's already full of star power, you're not really losing that much. Um, they have pieces to give, um, you know, and, and like it's completely fine for them to to get rid of someone that provided a lot of pop in their lineup. But when when you have such a good offense already, it's not going to make much of a difference. You have yeah, to we're, the we're not going to we're not. It's not like they're I mean, they're going to miss him, but then it's not like it's the end of the world for the Blue Jays. And the door is open to go get a center fielder. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say a Nim a Nimo no. Belly, and all of a sudden that Tioscar, you know, is it's it's done well, really that Bellinger's bad. twenty nineteen Bellinger then. Yeah. yeah. Even if he's twenty twenty Bellinger, twenty twenty Bellinger wasn't bad. Yeah. And, and to to hop to their AOS rivals, the Los Angeles Angels, um, they're making moves, and it's it's good to see that they're making moves. They're not making the best moves. <laughs> I, I mean, they're they're ma- they're 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 moving though. And I think, I think going out and getting Mike Trout's twin was a good idea for them. I I don't know if they necessarily need the offensive power as much as they need pitching. Um, they still need to address that a little bit. Um, but at least the front office is moving a little bit. It's it's. It would be absolutely disappointing to just watch the Angels' season blow up in their face and then for them to do absolutely nothing about it, and it's good to see that they're doing something. Yeah, because if you look at four through nine in the lineup, it was a bunch of below-average players that the Angels had, and now they actually have average players, which is nice. They got Gio Urshela as well, um, which they did get rid of one of their you know lower-quality things in pitching to get Gio Urshela. Gio Urshela can slide in at shortstop, which is why I think he'll probably open on opening day with Rendon healthy. And it's also <laughs> when Rendon goes out, yeah. when Rendon goes out, Oshella slides over to third. And honestly, something I didn't even realize is that the starting rotation wasn't horrible last year. You, you think Angels, bad pitching. The rotation wasn't horrible. The bullpen, different story. But once they address that concern, they're not going to win the division. I don't think the Mariners are going to win the division. But they can actually compete for that sixth wild card spot, maybe the fifth if they're lucky. But they are in range of hitting that sixth wild card spot if they get a better bullpen and maybe a fourth or fifth starter. So because they do have to go with the six man rotation. Yeah, I think it's all morale at this point. You you have so many good players on this team. It's almost it's almost weird to see them not do well. Um, they just have to start clicking. I feel like if a team like the the twenty twenty one Giants, yeah, I'll bring them up can can do better than the angels it's it's you know you know what i'm saying you got you, that's firing on all cylinders with a team with less talent the 2021 giants had less talent than the angels do now i think um and they're just not executing so i think once they start to figure that out then maybe they'll become good uh, it's definitely it's definitely good to see that the front office isn't just sitting there and just hoping for the best like it feels they do quite often or making weird decisions like signing Noah Syndergaard last offseason but they went out and they got they got Tyler Anderson and I had Rodon going there so I'm gonna assume he's not gonna go there anymore um 
and then definitely Gio Urshela, Gio Urshela is a is a good move overall, and and it's another good bat. It's just they need to add more to what they have, and I think they're doing that. You know, you, you, Brad spoke about this earlier with you know the bullpen being you know one of the biggest question marks, and then at the deadline you trade away one of your bullpen pieces along and you know and then you go out and you sign Tyler Anderson where do you think I I know we definitely talked about this you know in the free agent episode where do you think he slides into do you think he goes to a starter do you think he goes to a relief he's a starter he's their number two no it's because I I mentioned that they could he the when I said Tyler Anderson was gonna go to the Blue Jays I had him mixed up with Kenley Jansen and we talked we did discuss about that on whether he could go to the bullpen I mean it's definitely a smart decision on Tyler Anderson's part because it can prolong your career. If you go into the yeah. pen, you're pitching less innings. It'll save your arm a little bit, but I, he'll end up just being a starter most likely. I was about to say, I swear I heard, you know, let's talk yeah, about him me. in the bullpen somewhere. Yeah, yeah. No, but Tyler yeah, Anderson will go there to be the number two. It's Shohei yeah. Otani, Tyler Anderson, Patrick yeah, Sandoval, was... Jose Suarez, Reed Detmers, some combination of that with like <laughs> Silseth as like their number six or something like that. So yeah, if you get, you know, a one more like lower tier starter, but someone should just knock Silseth out of the pitching rotation, you know, it's a competitive rotation. And l- looking at a team like that, you think that they might be in the shortstop market. They raise some questions by going for Urshela. But they still could be in that market. I don't think they're going for the Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, but maybe for Bogarts or Swanson if they're available. Um, but going down again, the AL West, uh, Rafael Montero, three years, thirty-four point five million. He gets four or four point five million less than Tyler Anderson, who's probably going to give two and a half times the amount of innings. This is either a steal for the Angels in getting Tyler Anderson for that cheap. Or the Astros hoping that no one else, no other team got this guy from them. And I think that's why they overpaid a little bit. Yeah, and I had some questions. I haven't done much research on the uh, the whole Astros front office quitting, stepping down out of seemingly nowhere after winning a World Series. But it, does that look shady to you? Um, no. So, but who who did no. step down? No, it it, it was, was the, the GM, GM, right? The GM and... stepped down, yeah. GM was out of his contract, correct? Yeah. And he just yeah, didn't he want just, to go back. Just yeah. Basically, the story came out that he almost he had Wilson Contreras acquired at the trade deadline. He had him like got him, and oh, yeah. then uh, what's his name? To, right? Dusty didn't want him, and what's the owner Jim Crane wouldn't let him do it. Dusty said he's not putting in a new catcher in the middle of the season, and that they basically went after pit- and they got Vasquez. Yeah, but he's not putting in a new starting catcher. That makes sense. Yeah. And that pissed off click. And he was basically like, yeah, I'm done after this year. And they offered him a one-year contract. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. And so yeah. he's gone. So I don't think anything shady if you're like hinting a sign stealing. No. Yeah. I, think. I mean, yeah, no. do, you, do you think they're in good hands though still with a new GM and a new uh, – The Astros yeah. are good and will be good for – Yeah. Ever. I'm not worried about that. They're going to be even better next year I, with sadly great addition. It'll be interesting though to see where Click does go. You know, like I mean, he's he's the top, he's a top GM, um, especially after that news of him basically acquiring I mean, who would con- need Contreras. Yeah, I mean, the Tigers. Do the Tigers still need one? I know. Yeah. There's a whole disaster last year. That should fire Mike Grizzle and hire him. 
Well, he's signed for another year. Um, Ty, he could go to the Tigers. There's the AJ Hinch connection there. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, if the Tigers are just their own issue right there, like the only <laughs> move they can hope to make in free agency this year is a veteran who may have a decent year that they can flip at the deadline for prospects, maybe, maybe like a yeah, third or fourth right now. But it's like the Tigers were supposed to compete last year. We've been over this. Yeah. In, uh, in our AL Central recap, we flamed them, we cooked on them, whatever. But they're someone I don't think there's, we're going to see many moves from. Maybe a reliever or two that they try and flip, but I don't think anything past that. And looking at the reliever market, the Padres signed Robert Suarez to a five year, $46 million contract. Big numbers. Uh, he has an opt out after 2025, but the biggest one obviously happened a while ago. Stevs broke it when it happened. Mets signed Edwin Diaz five years, $102 million. Uh, it's the first time a reliever has ever broken a nine figure contract. And it's, I mean, it's impressive in itself, but you have to hope Diaz isn't going to be what he was this past year for all five of those years. He's been a very up and down pitcher, but if you can get some 90% of what he was last year for three of those five seasons, this contract is worth it. I definitely agree with that. It's just, it's Edwin Diaz. I don't know if I trust it. I don't know. I don't know. They must know something I don't because I don't know if you can sign any reliever for that long because they're, it's hard to find consistent relievers. Um, and I don't know if I would consider Edwin Diaz someone I would want to turn to for the next five years, considering his, his whole gap between i believe it was the 2018 mariners season where he was really good mm-hmm. and and where he is now there the, the time between that was just not the same pitcher so having a flaky closing pitcher like that is it might be good for them i don't know maybe he just enjoys it out there and maybe he won't maybe he won't um you know get shaky out there but what do you guys think he's yeah. definitely he's definitely an up and down type of pitcher it's he's gonna yeah, he has his highs, he has his lows, but it's just he has to, he can't let that compound, right? Like if he's having a bad season, he needs to he needs to make sure that um he's fixing the things that he needs to fix. He needs to go to his coaching, he needs to uh and he needs to work through them instead of just letting it snowball into hit a 5.59 ERA that he had the first season with the Mets. Yeah, no, it's it's honestly it's one of the possibly one of the riskiest contracts, you know, and probably the risk, one of the riskiest contracts this off season is what you know you need him to be like you know like I said you need him to be good or else that might be one of the worst contracts in baseball. I mean, yeah, he's. I think I do think Narco is is good for him. Like I hope you know that might be able to you know calm him down and you know go but i don't know it's it's a risky yeah but another issue is the mets have no bullpen right now and i think daddy steve was gonna overspend a little bit to make sure he kept his closer because like their starting rotation right now is max scherzer carlos carrasco joey lucchese tyler mcgill and david peterson that's a Uh, huge step down Oh, a hundred percent. But I do like Tyler McGill. Like, if he can, I believe he got injured last year, right? Yeah, he came back and was not good. Yeah, I feel like if he can return to his pre-injury, that's a, I mean, solid four. 
You think you and, can replace Degrom and Bassett though with him? Oh no, 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 no. You need no. You need to sign one of them yeah. back or get somebody. I mean, you just if you lose both. I mean, at that way, you're almost handing the Braves another division title. If the Mets don't get either of them, are they the third place team in that division? No, they're still better than the Phillies. I think. Well, it depends. I don't know because you you can't just say that. I mean, it depends what the Phillies do. It depends on what else they do in the bat as constructed at this very moment. No, the Phillies are a much better ball club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm gonna list off their bullpen real quick. I want you to tell me how many of these names you know. Edwin Diaz. Yes. John Curtis. Yes. I yes. Eliezer Hernandez. No. Uh, Red Sox dude, right? Nope. This nope. guy. <laughs> Drew Smith. There's so many Drew Smiths, dude. I, I yeah. <laughs> it's the most basic name. It sounds familiar. But <laughs> yeah. it sounds Jeff, familiar, but it Jeff Brigham. Nope. nope. Steve Nagosek. No. Yes, no. because I weird. The name is weird. Tyler Saucedo. No. No. That's the point. No one Wait, knows this who, bullpen. <laughs> Wait, who did they lose this offseason? Everyone. So they lost Death everyone. Lugo. Yeah, Ottavino. Ottavino, Max Lugo. Scherzer, Lugo. And Edwin Diaz. Yeah. Like Joel <laughs> Rodriguez. Like... The offense is not good, good enough to provide for okay. such a bad. Wait, so now let's just guy. say they, yeah, Lindor's streakiness. Let's just say they don't get either of those pitchers back, right? And the Marlins go out and sign Trey Turner. Marlins with Trey Turner aren't that much better of a team. It's not basketball. Like you need, Trey you Turner, need yeah, I'm. The the only player to ever like carry his team recently is Aaron Judge, and Aaron Judge, Judge was just he, he literally had a or generational just, season. Yeah, I mean, if Miami just goes out and like, yeah, <laughs> if, if if they go out and spend, and the Mets, obviously the Mets, they won't. But if the Mets don't do anything, I mean, what a fall that would be from one of the favorites to fourth place. I don't think it will happen, but it's something to think about. I mean, if the Marlins go out and sign Trey, they're, I think, think they're in a similar and the Mets don't do anything I think they're definitely like they're in the same conversation yeah, the same and then list, it, yeah. I think it's the Braves the Phillies the Marlins and the Mets at that point and then well and, and then and then and then down yep. is the Nats <laughs> I think the thing is the Marlins would be here on pitching the Mets would be here the Marlins would be here on bats the Mets would be here yeah but I think the Marlins lack of bats is really significant right now like where yeah. one trey turner isn't solving the issue it's a trey turner a center fielder you know probably a better dh first baseman that can play besides garrett cooper another outfielder Jorge solaire has been horrible yeah and i i we were talking about the um we're talking about as presently constructed um and this is a team which is a, has a lot of free agents i find it physically impossible that they don't they don't retain some of the talent on the team they have to keep at least some whether they get whether they get nimble whether they retain some of the bullpen whether they somehow get the ground back and if they somehow don't get any of that they're still the Mets they're still going to spend some money they're going to find replacements they might get Rodon or some random wild card because they can't retain their own players if they're they're going to spend money regardless they're the Mets so if they can't retain their own players they're going to go out and get more players they're just going to keep redoing I don't I don't see them falling too far 
they have a good core. Yeah, and I mean, if you know, if we can go back to you know the Marlins real quick, and Brad, you were just mentioning it, a, a DH, you know, better one, uh, an interesting one, you know, that they could have signed, and he did go off the board, is Carlos Santana. I mean, you know him him to the Pirates. I I, I like it, but you know they have don't they have a lot of first basemen? I mean, they just went out and traded. For they just did they just they just traded for G Man Troy right, yeah. So, so I mean first baseman D H. I mean I guess they're set at uh, Pirates are going to be an interesting team next year, especially if they continue to, you know, trade and you know sign free agents like they're right now. I just yeah. I mean I think they're just trying to retool a little bit. I mean yeah. not retool. I re they're in a rebuild, but um they're going to be flipping. They they don't have the intentions of winning the yeah. World Series with Carlos Santana and G Man Choi. They have the intentions of them maybe playing to a decent enough level to get traded at the deadline to get even more pieces. Cause they do have a lot of players in the system. It's just a matter of continuing to build onto that, you know? Yeah. And Sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say, you know, is it, is it bad to say they have a three to four year window to start competing? Like I'm, they're going to be good for a long time, but like they have three to four years before Reynolds is a free agent, right? Am I, Who's going to be good for a long time? The the Pirates, eventually, down the road, I believe they will be good. <laughs> um, Yeah, Not mark that. Good for the last century. Write that down. But, like, if you, don't, if you don't have the mindset to compete in the next three to four years, what are you still doing with Brian Reynolds? You signed him. Okay, I, but there's no direction for the pirates. I feel like I feel Aiden, I feel like you think there's some master plan going on here. This is no no no, 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 that's, really that's not, what they don't know what's happening. I understand. That's what I'm saying is you don't like with Brian Reynolds, yeah, Brad, you just said sign him, but that signing him means that you like you're gonna be good in the next, you know, three to four plus years. Does that mean the same uh, thing that, when the Rockies signed Chris Bryant? Well that at least you have the intentions. Yeah. Um I mean the Rockies had the intentions. Obviously it was it was dumb, but they had the intentions. Uh so some some organizations don't have thought behind their actions, and I feel like this is just another example of that. Yeah. I, 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 <laughs> Pirates and the Rockies are the exact same franchise. They're just Tigers. the epitome of, of Tigers racing, I should say. Yeah. Um and so moving on from that, is there like any team that you guys think needs to make a very specific move? Is there any team that's like, this team has to go get this guy, whether it's in a trade, whether it's in free agency? Is there any team like the Cardinals going to get Carlos Rodon? Something like that. Um, I mean, I think, okay, go ahead, Seth. If you you want to talk about the big name, it's it's Aaron Judge. The, the Yankees need to go out. And if they even want a semblance of competing, you go out and get Aaron Judge. And on the pitching side, the Mets need to go out and re-sign Jacob Degrom. Like they, they, the New York teams need to keep their stores if they want to be competitive. Um, yeah, I, I listed down some teams that I wanted to see some movement in that I'm not really seeing too much, and that that need to kind of do something to get to the next level. And that's Cleveland, uh, Baltimore, and Milwaukee. I feel like you can't really fit Milwaukee in the same category as Baltimore and, and um and Cleveland but in a way they're all similar in the fact that they're teams that are approaching greatness um I feel like 
they all need they all need relatively different things. I feel like Cleveland needs some more bats. I feel like Milwaukee needs some more pitching. Um, with that being said, though, there's still a lot of names on the market that need to go. So those teams should be going after players like that. Yeah, I mean, if you want to talk about like a couple teams that you know come to mind that need to make a move, in my opinion, um, the Giants. I think they they need to do some you know something. They said that they're going to be big money spenders. Go out, you know, spend that money. Um, the Cardinals, they need a catcher. Um, you know, you can't go into next season with who Kisner and you know whoever they have. Um, and somebody you know I'm looking at is a you know Wilson Contreras or a Sean Murphy. Quit stealing you know, my idea. Just, yeah, <laughs> is that was that yours. Um, or but my original one was the Blue Jays center fielder i think they need to you know if it's a nimo or a belly i think you have to go out and get one of those yeah and so did you guys have any other final thoughts um i mean other than covered everything other than the fact that judge is going to make me freak out for the next couple weeks uh that's i mean that's everything this this postseason is is solely on judge's back right now i think yeah yeah I Every, everyone's agree. waiting for it, you know? I I think within the next couple of weeks, I think one of the shortstops is going to go off the board. I feel like it most likely will be Dansby just because he's going to go back to the Braves. But I'm not sure overall. At, like, I, I, something, something needs to happen um, from – one of the bigger names. It doesn't even have to be Judge or, or DeGrom or anything like that. It just needs – something needs to happen. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Um, I th- I do disagree that Swanson ends up with the Braves. I feel like he just would have been back by now. I think they would have done it. With like, right. they've done it with everyone else. Like, and I, I mean, think so they're willing Who do they to. have to replace him? Vaughn Grissom. Vaughn Grissom. Yeah. Vaughn Grissom. yeah. But it wasn't the same thing with the Nats. Didn't the Nats wait forever to sign Rendon? Oh, uh, not Rendon, Strasburg. Sorry. Well, yeah, Strasburg they was did. Hurt. They they waited until his uh, like he went and did he ever? Did he actually go into free agency? I don't remember. He opted out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then he went. Yeah, and then we signed him, which was a stupid deal. But yeah. So that, like I think that, Yeah, I think that's like why. That's my reason why Swanson won't come back. No. But with I... that. Thank you all for listening to the 4A podcast. We'll be back on Friday, dropping into your feed with a postseason format review, reviewing the postseason, what our thoughts on it are on it, and if it needs to be changed in any way. If you've enjoyed, please leave a rating, a review, and if you have any suggestions, leave them below. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at the 4A podcast, spelled A-A-A-A podcast. See you all next week. Peace.